Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. This is the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally on your favorite podcast sites, where you'll also find a library of all of our past shows. And if you happen to live in Charleston, South Carolina, we're heard Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on the iconic 1250 WTMA with the invaluable assistance of John Quincy. And here she is, a force of nature, Robin Berlinski. Now, I know that normally we start with a bit of business, but I'm going to let you get into that because this is a special show. We get a little insight into your Energy Matters workshops. And if you're out there listening, not not if, as you're out there listening, go get some paper and a pencil or a pen. You're going to want to write this down. Hi, Robin. It's all yours. You're in the spotlight. Thank you. I'm excited to be in the spotlight. I'm excited about today because today... I'm going to take some time to step back and really go deep into what I do. Because a question I get is, what do you do? <laughs> they know I have a podcast. They know I work with schools. They know I run a nonprofit. But what is the Energy Matters workshop? Like the Energy Matters podcast is one thing. But when you go into a school, what do you do? So I'm going to give you a snapshot of that right now. Great. And I'm very excited to do it because... I work with different dynamics. I work with program providers who have after-school programs, summer programs, and then I work with teachers who have in-school programs, and then school districts who oversee several schools and even for-profit organizations. And what I see happening is that energy matters in all those spaces. And so I created this recipe for effective leadership for high-quality program success, and it consists of six things successful organizations have in common. And these six things, when they're implied with intent, when they're applied with intention and positive energy, will change the dynamic of any organization, whether it is a school, an out-of-school time program provider, or a for-profit business. So today, I'm going to share the magic. So it really goes across lots of platforms. It's it does. not just education. So if you're from another dimension, listen up and get something good. Listen up. So right. I'm going to start with telling you what those six ingredients are: policy procedures, systems, engagement, attendance, relationships. Let's um, hear that list one more time, just a little slower. Policies, yep. procedures, and systems, engagement, attendance, and relationships. And really those six are in two categories. Policy, procedures, and systems, the way I see those are kind of the like, eh, that's the boring stuff. And then you've got engagement, attendance, relationships. That's the woohoo energy. That's where I live. And really these six ingredients came from a very negative comment someone said to me that sticks in my head to this day. And this gentleman said to me, well, we are more results driven. We're not really woohoo-y. And that hit me. Was this a, an educator that said this or an I'm not going to give that away. <laughs> but okay. it hit me because the message I give when I work with program providers is that energy matters and it matters, matters across the board because success is success. And a woohoo culture doesn't mean you're not doing the important things. It doesn't mean you're not teaching math. It doesn't mean you're not leading a group of people and having a common culture that's positive. So I, I realized then with that comment, as with life, sometimes things that knock you down are the best things to pick you up because I understood now that my message was not clear. So these six ingredients are really because of that comment. So thank you to that mean person out there. So let's start with um, 
Disney World. Think of the Magic Kingdom because the Magic Kingdom is really the epitome of where these six ingredients work. And when you walk through the gates of the Magic Kingdom, you hear music, you see characters. Visually, everything you look at is positive and happy. The energy is magical. But you you know that behind all that, the systems and policies and procedures are happening behind the scenes. You've got data collection, profit and loss statements, workers' comp policies, customer service, security. None of those to me are fun, but without them in place, the customer experience would not be fun and it would not be engaging. So when something is woohoo-y, attendance goes up and relationships are built and relationships are what keep people coming back. It's a cycle. No one goes to Disney World because they have really clean accounting records. <laughs> so that's the message I want. Did you come up with that yourself? I just made that's that up. Good. Yeah, thank you, Ron. <laughs> so if you're the leader of an organization, you have to have all of this in place to maintain a successful program. So I want to go through these six, six ingredients with you. So let's start with policy. My first year at Engaging Creative Minds, I called the former director of the Children's Museum where I worked because she was such an amazing leader. And I presented her with a question about, I, I can't remember exactly, it was something about PTO, paid time off. And she answered my question with a question. Do you have a policy manual? And I said, no. And the very first thing I did after that call was find a policy manual, borrow some from other nonprofit organizations and create one. Because Something that's often overlooked and sitting in a drawer somewhere is a policy manual. They're very boring, but the policy manual covers all the details of the organization from things like how the PTO is accrued to how you handle customer service and everything in between. This manual should be updated each year, signed by everyone. It should be front and center. And when something comes up, it doesn't trip you up. Your your progress and your mission is not disrupted because of a question. You go to your policy manual and you answer the, answer the question. As a leader, it always also takes out the emotion. When a principal has to tell a teacher, I'm sorry, you're out of maternity leave, or I'm sorry, we're moving you from fourth grade to first grade. There's a reason behind that, and a policy is a way better way than saying, like, I decided, so now you have to be mad at me, but it's a policy. So it protects everyone, and it's a great thing to have, again, because it doesn't trip you up or disrupt you from um, fulfilling your mission. Procedures is the next one. And for me, procedures is really about making mistakes. I value mistakes, and a lot of organizations don't. There's a blame and a shame involved with making mistakes. And when I work with a school or an organization, I try to emphasize how mistakes are great learning tools. Making the same mistake more than once, though, is a habit, and it's lazy, and it's not okay. And actually, it's great to put that in your policy manual. Make mistakes. We celebrate them. Um, but don't make it more than once. And at ECM, where I am the leader, we celebrate mistakes and then we ask three questions. So if a mistake happens, let's say someone forgot to call a customer about an important price increase for summer camp. Okay, a mistake, right? The, the customer, the parent is irate. So once we deal with that, we ask three questions. Who on the staff is owning this? And again, because we do this enough, there's no blame, there's no shame. It's just, could someone please step up? And then we 
it's important for the staff to feel comfortable making those mistakes and owning them so that we can move on and not be disrupted. So dwelling on it does nothing. Own it, and then we'll move on to step two. And step two is what happened? So it's, again, not to place blame. It's to understand the system, what happened in this situation. So the person who is responsible, the one who owns it, will explain what happened. In this case, I wrote the phone number down. I transposed the number. I left a message at the wrong house, something like that. So the third question we ask is, okay, what system is now in place to make sure that never happens again? Now, we say never knowing never's you know, the, the highest we can go. Mistakes happen because we're all human. But if we shoot for never, we might only do it a few more times in the next 30 years, and that's okay. But we set up a system. Okay, once I write the number down, I repeat it twice to the customer, or I test the number, whatever it is. You have a system in place so that I now know as the leader, we have not been disrupted. We've created a mistake, or we've had a mistake happen We've learned from it. We've created something new. We're moving on. That leads me to systems, our third ingredient. And think of a, an anthill. Those ants are intentional. Every anthill is unique. What they have in common is they're extremely well built with systems for temperature, climate, ventilation. They work smarter, not harder. Each ant has a place and they know what they're doing and how their job relates to the mound. So in organizations, so in my organization at ECM, our systems are in place, but we are careful to look at the systems every day to make sure they're still relevant. One thing I like to say to my staff is just because we've always done it that way doesn't mean we have to continue doing it that way. So we're always looking for innovative new solutions for things we do so that our systems can change, we can pivot, and we can be better at what we do. And a lot of organizations I work with are so stuck in those systems, they don't see new opportunities. And as an outsider coming in, I can be like, oh, I love the way the fifth grade team structures their collaborative planning sessions. But it looks like it's interfering with the way the students are coming back from special areas. If you tweaked it and did it this way, did you ever think that maybe there could be a better way for transitions to occur in your school? Ah, light bulb moments. Like we never saw it that way. So just thinking of systems and a different way of doing things so you're not stuck and that will lead to better results. So those are the three, what I call icky ones. Like none of those are fun to me, but every organization has has them and every organization needs to think about them. Fair enough. The next three, now these are the fun. This, this, is, this the, is the woohoo. This stuff. is the woohoo. This is the energy. And this is the moment because customers, students, campers, whatever you're selling depends on the energy you put out. The success, the, the key to successful engagement, relationships, and attendance is who you hire, your staff. Who, who is create, or showing the energy? Who is doing the programming? And... Um, A question I always get when we get into this part of the ingredient section is, I I don't know how to hire people with woohoo. What what if they're burnt out? Our teachers are tired. Right now we're looking at summer programs. We can't hire teachers. They're all tired. They just finished out the year. And so that's a great question. And for quick clarification, what I say to that question is, energy is not always about the football game. It's not the cheerleaders and the band. You can have great energy for a yoga program. You can bring amazing energy to a meditation retreat. 
you will not welcome those people the same way you will welcome third graders to a summer camp, right? Like you're not going to woohoo people out in the parking lot who are coming to meditate for an hour. But the way the energy is plugged into the room will create the energy for the space or the, the thing, the product, the, the service you're trying to sell. And I think of it this way. This is what I tell. And I love to teach this or say this when I work with school groups because it's the law of con- conservation of energy, which is, you know, physics for all of us. The energy can neither be created nor destroyed, only converted from one form of energy to another. So what this means is a system, which could be your classroom, your school district, your nonprofit, your for-profit, your store, it always has the same amount of energy unless it's added from the outside. So your program will continue to have the same energy, positive, negative, indifferent, boring, exciting, whatever that is, unless you add something to it. So culture and energy, in my mind, are, are synonymous. Great cultures have great energy, and that comes from the top. So if leadership promotes and supports a positive work culture, the energy will follow. So engaging creative minds, over and over we hear, as I told you earlier, our teachers are tired. They don't want to work this summer. I don't know that we're going to get bus drivers, you know, and I get it that that is absolutely a thing, but love the but we ask if it's okay. If we talk to the teachers, can we talk with the bus drivers? And every time we do it, they sign up. We have a waiting list of teachers. We have teachers calling us asking when our camps are going to open. Do we have space for them to come work? Working in our summer programs feels like a break. We emphasize how we support them, how we provide them with um, professional learning opportunities. So when they go back to school in the fall, they've experienced some amazing arts integration programs that they've worked with local artists, that they have new energy that our team brings. We add it to the energy they already have. And the outcomes for them are so positive. They want to be part of the summer. So it's not what we need from them. It's not, we need you to work this summer or we can't have camp. We need you to give up your time to come be with us. It's, if you want to come invest some time working with us this summer, this is what you will leave with. And it's more about what we provide to them. And again, we have a waiting list. So it's all about how you offer the job to people and not so much about how they're feeling because they will come. So that's, that's energy. Um, So once you define what your energy is, again, meditation, yoga, horseback riding, baseball, whatever it is, now you can hire the people because you know what they need to, the energy they need to bring. And then once you hire the people, you can start to build the next three, which are relationships, engagement, and attendance. They all go hand in hand. It's like the chicken and the eggs or the chickens and the egg. It's which comes first. And we don't know because they all come together. So here's where my attendance, relationships, and engagement story gets really fun. So when I first launched a summer camp in 2014, I reached out to Dr. Terry Peterson. At the time, he was married to my board chair. So I had a direct line to Dr. Terry Peterson. Here's what Dr. Peterson does, did, and is. First of all, he was the chief education counsel on uh, Clinton's in uh, the Clinton White House with uh, Dick Riley. He 
currently is an education advisor for the CS Mott Foundation, and he's the national board chair for the After School Alliance. He wrote a compendium with about 100 other authors called Expanding Minds and Opportunities, Leveraging the Power of After School and Summer Learning for Student Success. It is now in its fourth printing. This book is amazing. It's thick and it is used across the country for after school and summer programs. Now, when I decided to launch my camp in 2014, I got board approval. It was my second, ECM had been created in 2013. So it was like my second year. I'm ready to launch a camp in a month and they approved. And now I kind of thought, okay, now what? And I can't, it's like starting in a month and a half. I can't read this book that Terry wrote, but I can give him a call and ask him to sum up that 400 page book in a 30 second, what should I do? And that's when Terry gave me those three magic words. If you focus on attendance, relationships, and engagement, you will be successful. Isn't that amazing? Brilliant. Three words. And to this day, thanks to Terry Peterson, those are the three words that are the end, the, the, Complete the six. Let's have them again. Attendance. Relationships and engagement. Engagement. And I told you it's like the chickens and the egg or the eggs and the chicken. What comes first? You can't have high attendance if they're not engaged. They're not going to build strong relationships with the campers or the students or the teachers if they're not showing up. Mm. They can, You know what I mean? Like they all go hand in hand. And breaking it down simplistically to an elementary level. Um, What I love to think about with the six ingredients is like yellow plus blue equals green. Let's just look at it this way. So the first three, the ones I call the quote boring ones, systems, policies, procedures. Let's just say they're yellow. So when I do a workshop, I put on a chart paper, systems, policies, procedures, and they're written in yellow. It's like a math equation. They're under each other. Then there's a plus sign. Then you have attendance, relationships, and engagement written in blue. Then you put that little line under them, you you know, like you're going to add your six numbers. And under that, written in green is success in big letters. And the way I like to think of that is kind of back to the gentleman who said I was not results driven, but I was too woo-hoo-y, is that you can't have success without these six. And you can't have success if you're really heavy in systems or you're really heavy in policy and all these rules. And we can't have fun because the rules say you have to walk quietly in the hall. When you're, when you're stuck in those ruts of one of those six being the most important thing, your green will not be a beautiful green. It will be a forest green or a lime green if you have too much of one or or the other. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I like to think of that. It's kind of like the book Mouse Paint by Ellen Stoll Walsh. One of my favorite books when I taught first grade. But back to to this. Um, As a leader, board member, staff, whatever it is in whatever organization you're working in, you can determine the outcome of your program by focusing on all six of these elements every single day. So... That is my workshop that I take out and I provide for teachers. So this applies to teachers in a classroom. When you have students, you have your behavior chart. You have the rules and the consequences. You have systems. You walk a certain way in the hall. You get your lunchbox. The kids come in. They pick up their morning work and they know what center to go to. You have systems and procedures and policies in a school. 
school where the principal has the teachers meet every Wednesday for a faculty meeting. You know what I mean? Like whatever your, whatever your um, ecosystem is, you have these six, even a family, parents, you have systems and policies and procedures, but you also need relationships and engagement and attendance. So no matter where you are, this workshop, this um, system, I guess, of presentation is valuable to you because when you look at these six, you can be successful. And what I do is offer an assessment. So the first thing I do when I work with an organization is I find out what it is. Tell me what's happening. Tell me what you're most excited about. Tell me where you're most successful. Tell me if it's a school. Tell me about your students. Tell me about your teachers because I want them to share the positive energy. I want them to brag about themselves. Like no matter where you are as a school in any state, whether you are the rock bottom state with the rock, at the rock bottom school with the rock bottom scores, there is something you're proud of. There is something you're doing well. It's just you're doing so many other things that are challenging. You need somebody to come in and identify where you can create these six ingredients in a, more, in a stronger way or, or build the energy in a more positive culture. And that's what I do. See, what you're saying to me sounds very much like a, a business plan for a company. What do they say? If you fail to plan, then plan to fail. So I know you want to discount the first three as they're not the fun ones, but you have to have them in place and you have to do them well so that success will follow. Is that, I want to be fair about it. 100% that. true. Yeah. Yes. And and that's not the fun part. The first thing I did at ECM, I hired an accountant because I was like, I am not doing the books every month. Like that to me, well, I'll quit in a year because I hate that stuff. The policy manual, ugh. So I stole from other organizations. Like, give me your policy borrowed, manual. Borrowed. Let me Let me steal it. Yeah. Um, so the fun for me was building the programs, the energy, the excitement, the, you know, some other people, the policies are the most fun for them. Sure. And they don't want to build a program with energy and excitement and enthusiasm and fun. So it's, you know, you need it all. And you're absolutely right. It is like a business plan. And so many schools, you know, I, I love that you said that because um, Engaging Creative Minds is a nonprofit. And when I speak to other nonprofits, what I say to them is something you all need to understand is the term nonprofit is an IRS term. It is not a business plan. You need to be out there advocating, writing grants, building earned income systems in your organization so you have that money flow, that positive cash flow all the time. You are basically running a business. Well, also part of the, the, the genius of you, if I can say this, and you didn't ask me to say this, you, you're like the composer or the, uh, the uh, conductor. So you bring in all of these people who do their own specialties, you find the right ones, plug them all together, and then success will follow. But you still have to monitor each one of those. So that everybody can enjoy in the fun afterwards. I love that. I always say I'm the air traffic controller. I like the conductor. Okay, well, that makes sense. That's prettier than an air traffic controller and less dangerous if I make an error. You know, maybe the song just isn't so great, but we don't want a plane going off the wrong runway, right? So I'm going to start using conductor. Thank you. Well, I just think that in this case, it it makes perfect sense because, you know, a lot of people think that... um, you open the box and money comes out. They don't know that to have a successful business or initiative or whatever, there's a lot of due diligence that has to go on behind the scenes, which is why we've asked some of our guests, well, how did you plan your business? Did you know anything about internet marketing or social media? Typically, the answer is no. They learned it by design, but they also had to learn all these other things. So, I mean, again, 
just to wrap this up, let's go through the six again. And let's talk about them individually because I have a question about each one of them as we Absolutely. sadly rapidly come uh, to a close on this program. Um, you want me to say them quickly or say them slow? You have let's a comment slowly, about each let's one. Let's talk about each one. So of the them. first one we talked about was policy. Okay, so policy, and in your particular case, you had to develop a policy for engaging creative minds that did not exist until you sat down and realized, okay, what will be our policy for maternity leave or for paid time off or whatever? But you were wise enough to go out and ask others, what do you recommend? And I guess you had your aha moment when you, okay, this is how we'll do it. Not reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. What's the next one? Procedures. So procedures, you know, you seem to have a pretty good, and I'm giving you a lot of compliments because this is your show, of course. And I love it. But seriously, you know, there is a procedure. You can't go from A to C without stopping at B. Correct. So how do you envision that? Who do you talk to at that point? Somebody who's more... Uh, numbers driven, somebody who's more by the book driven, you know, you're, you're a bigger picture than that. What do you It's do? actually all of them because procedures are the big picture of your organization. Right. The, it will be the numbers, but it will also be the programs. So you've got to learn from your mistakes and adjust and learn that you're not going to make those mistakes again. Excellent. All right. The next one. Systems. Systems. Now, systems always scare me because I'm not that smart. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, systems, okay, it's something you're supposed to design and it's supposed to work the same way every time. And yep. how do you do that? And that's what, what the definition of, definition of insanity, right. doing the same thing over and over, but expecting a different result. Systems are about looking at them every day to see if they still work for you. Fair enough. All right, now let's get to the fun Then stuff. the fun, engagement, attendance, and relationships. So engagement. Engagement. And that's something that I know you intuitively can tell if people are engaging with what you're saying or what you're doing. And I'm sure I've been to your ECM camps before and you're watching everybody. Everybody. Everybody engaged. Everybody having a good time. Is is it something innate in you or were you trained to be that? I think it's both. I, I, I can see, like I told you before, my superpower is problem solving and strategy. I play chess. I can see the moves. I can see where kids are maybe disengaged and find ways to get them excited. I read a lot. Daniel Pink inspires me with his genius hour and the way our brains work. I'm constantly reading. I'm a lifelong learner. And I think that feeds into it. Okay. Next one. Attendance. All right, that seems to be pretty easy. If you're not there, you don't get the benefit of, of what we're providing for you. But attendance is tough. Organizations will tell me attendance goes down every summer after the 4th of July, and we have a waiting list. Our, our camps go up. So it's, again, keeping that engagement alive, keeping the, the learning so fun they don't know they're learning, and they don't even want to not be at your camp because they're going to miss something. Let me make sure. So your attendance goes up. It goes up. Okay, we have enough time for the last one. We relationships. relationships. And well, that's everywhere. Everywhere. Doesn't everywhere. everything ba- is based yes. on relationships? positive no and real. They don't care what you know till they know that you care. And how do you do that? How do you, I mean, how many days, how many hours when you start a program do you think you've now warmed up to them and, and they trust you? It's the first day when you say, tell me about your school. Tell me about your business. Tell me about your nonprofit. What are you most proud of? And that's where the relationships happen because you listen. And they can tell by looking at you, is he or she paying attention to me or are yep. they just asking me this? And then you respond from that. I hear what you're saying yeah. and I can help. I hope you've been writing this down, folks. But if not, uh, visit the website, thelearningring.com, and you'll find it. You've been listening to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love your feedback at learningring.com, or you can also reach out to Robin with questions or comments. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.